Tonight we're going to be talking about the seed of God. The seed. Okay, 1 John 2. You have that say, praise the Lord. Okay, verse 20, it says, But you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. And in italics it says, but he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you which you have heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, you shall also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he hath promised us, eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. Okay? But the anointing which you have received of him, say received of him, abideth in you, and you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. Chapter 3, verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And you know that he was manifest to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin, because he is born of God. In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We talked about love, so let's go on a little further into the text here. Let's go to chapter 4, please. Verse 15, whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, 
and he in God. Do you believe that? Praise God. Verse 18 of chapter 5. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. We know that the Son of God is come, and hath given us the understanding that we may know him that is true, and we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourself from idols. Now go to Mark 4, please. Mark 4, 26. And he said, so is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground. Say, the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground. And should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, and he knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth in the sickle, because the harvest is come. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you right now for your awesome spirit that is inside of us. Thank you for your presence here tonight. We ask God that you'd have your way, that you'd speak to every one of us. Lead us, guide us. Give us revelation, give us knowledge, give us understanding. Hallelujah, Father. I praise you for your anointing. We have an unction from the Holy One. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You may be seated. Let's go through the text here and let's look at this if we could in 1 John chapter 2. It is important for you to understand that you have the seed of God in you. When you talk about the seed of God, what are you talking about? What is the seed of God? The sperm. What's the sperm of God? It's the life of God himself. Amen. It's Jesus. He's the seed of the woman. So when it talks about we have the seed of God in us, we've got the Lord himself. He's the seed of God. The seed of the woman. Now the Bible talks about the word of God is the seed of God. So Jesus is the living word. Then we have the written word. This is the seed of God. Okay. And then the scripture talks about in the parables that you are the seed of God. So when we talk about the seed of God, we're talking about Jesus Christ, his word, and his people. Now our responsibility is to receive the word hide the word in our hearts and protect the seed because the enemy is his whole purpose is to get you to not value the seed and it always starts with not understanding who Jesus is okay with me 
So he says here in 1 John, now this is a very spiritual book. I'm telling you, it's, it's so spiritual, it's, it's, it's a little bit too deep for me. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, but I'm just going to do my best by the grace of God. It's awesome. <laughs> but uh, verse 20 says, we have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. Now the unction we have is the Spirit of God. Or the seed of God. Or the nature of God. And so because God is in us. Doesn't matter how you feel. Now if you've been born again. God is inside of you. Amen. And it's called an unction. It's, it's the spirit of God. It's infused inside of us. Amen. And because we have the unction of the Holy One, the Spirit of God, the nature of God, the seed of God inside of us, and that seed is deity. It's God Himself. The Bible says we know all things. How can we know all things and yet still be learning? Because the Word says we know all things, but yet I'm still learning. Amen. We'll talk about that in a minute. Praise the Lord. I mean, we're not perfect yet. We're still learning. <clears throat> but what he's saying here is this, that we have the ability to perceive truth when it goes forth because God is inside of us. We also have the ability to discern error when error It's in perception. When it says knowing all things, it doesn't mean you have complete understanding of everything. It means you have the ability to perceive the truth when it goes forth and also the ability to discern when something's not true. But it's by the Spirit, it's by the nature of God that's in you that you discern that, not by your own intellect. Because your own intellect and own mind is at enmity against God. It's going to fight God's will, His Word, His mind. So I'm not talking about us sitting here thinking about what we're hearing with our minds and coming to a conclusion, that's right, that's wrong, I'll accept that, I won't accept that. Because a lot of times what your mind doesn't want to accept is the Word of God. And your flesh just doesn't like it, so... It's the Spirit of God in you that lets you know that's right, that's wrong. That's the Antichrist. That's Jesus Christ. Amen. So I know all things, but yet I'm still learning. I have the ability to discern, listen, what's right and what's wrong. But I don't have omniscience. Nor do you. Now why is this important? Because you have to receive the Word of God, the seed, you have to hide it inside, and you have to protect it. Because God's eye is on His seed. His focus, God's focus, is on the seed. His focus is not on world government. 
His focus isn't on world economy. Are you here? His focus is on his church. His focus is on his seed. His eye is on the seed. And he's made an investment in us. He invested himself inside of you. And because he's made an investment in you, he's got his eye on the investment. So my responsibility is receive the word, hide the word, and protect the investment that God has made inside of me. When he places his seed in me, that's Jesus, his word, but it's also talking about us. We are the body, and God put his seed in the body. <clears throat> so if you want to find his seed, you've got to find his body, because in his body is where he put his seed, and that's where his eye is, because that's his investment. You with me here? And so when you talk about the seed, you're also talking about eternal life. You're not talking about duration of time. You're talking about quality of life. God himself came in. Listen, I haven't always had the seed of God in me. So eternal life had a beginning for me. Okay? Wow. It has to do with quality of life. It's God's kind of life that he's put inside of me. That's his seed. That's his nature. That's the germ of life that he's put in me. That he wants to mature. First the seed going in the ground. Then the ear. And then the full corn in the ear. So there's a growth that should be taking place. Okay, so where's God's focus tonight? His seed. And his seed's where? In his what? His body. Where's his investment? You and me. He died to purchase you. He died so that he could have a seed. You in the earth. And Genesis 1.11 says the reason why God placed seed in the earth is so there could be a reproduction of the seed. So the reason why Jesus came and died for you is so that he could reproduce himself in a people in this earth. If he had not fallen to the ground and died, he would have abided alone. But because he went in the ground and died, now he has now reproduced himself in you and me in the earth. So the purpose of the seed is reproduction. Give God praise. Also, the purpose of the seed, verse John 3, 8, He that committed sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, say this purpose, the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. So Genesis 1.11 says it's for reproduction. Are you here? Genesis 3.15 says it's the seed of the woman that shall crush the head of the serpent. 
So when Jesus was manifest, the seed of the woman, his purpose for being manifest was so the devil could be defeated. So that he could crush the head of the serpent. Now that you are the body, the Son of God, He's invested His life in you. He's put Himself inside of you. What for? So you could reproduce Him in this earth and so that the devil would be defeated by you. We'll give God praise. And as you go through the Bible, you will find out that God is awesome. When it's concerning his seed. He talks about Abraham. He said your seed is going to be like the sand of the seashore for multitude. And like the stars of the heaven. So look. You as the seed of God are planted here in the earth to reproduce him. But in one sense you are like the heavenly stars that are to shine bright in the earth. The Bible says about Abraham that the Lord appeared to him. So the reason why God's eyes on his seed, it's because that people is also going to be the people that he appears to and appears through. Are you getting it? That's why you've got to receive it, hide it, and protect it at all costs. Woo! Now, as you go through the Word of God, you're going to see that God said to Abraham and his seed, I'm going to give you countries. He promised nations to his people. I believe that God wants to use you to bring in people into his kingdom. Are you with me right now? And that he wants to give his seed countries, the Bible said. And there's going to be so many people. Come into his kingdom as a result of the seed of God. That you can't even number it for multitude, the scripture says. And it will cause countries to come to you. Woo. He's an awesome God. And also the Bible said that Abraham, who was the seed of God in the Old Testament. Now, I'm looking at you now. The Bible said not only did God appear to him, but angels walked with the seed of God. Angels walk with the seed of God. There are angels in this house right now. You can't see them, but they have been given charge by God. What for? Because God's eye is on the seed. He even told Noah to build an ark. Why does the Bible say Noah was told to build an ark? To protect the seed. So that the seed would remain in the earth. God said, build an ark, Noah, so my seed can get inside of it. So that it won't perish from the earth. So God's eye is on you. You are extremely important to God. Very valuable to God. And at the same time, the seed of the serpent, the devil, is manifesting as an antichrist spirit to seek to bring you down. But you've got the seed of God inside of you. And when you walk, you know exactly what spirit things are. All right, you understand what I'm trying to show you. Woo, give God praise. <coughs> Now, he said in 1 John 4, in verse 15, Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in who? God. 
So I am looking at the sons of God tonight. When Adam was created, he was called a son of God. He is the offspring of God when God planted him here. Now you are the offspring of God because his sperma, his seed is inside of you. His nature is inside of you. You are the son of God. Oh, give God praise. <coughs> and he says if, you're, if the seed of God is in you, if it abides in you, you cannot sin. He that sins is of the devil. Now what does that mean? We'll talk about it, okay? Let's go back. Let's look at this. I got to look at the text though. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you're the seed of God tonight? Verse 21, I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. Because Jesus is the Father and the Son at the same time. So if you deny Jesus, then you deny the Father because He is God. I'm reading again, 1 John 4, 15. Whosoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. Go to chapter 5 and verse 20. And we know that the Son of God is come and hath given us understanding that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true, even his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. So if you deny the son, you are denying the father because Jesus is the true God. He is not a second person in the Godhead. He is God manifest in the flesh in this earth. Now, having said that, we need to understand our purpose here. When Jesus came into the world, there were people that were in charge of protecting the seed. Who are we talking about? Jesus. Joseph was supposed to protect Mary. Why? Because Mary was carrying the seed of God. So Joseph protects Mary. And Mary is supposed to protect the seed that is in her. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Look at your neighbor. Say this with me right now. I need to receive the word, hide the word, and protect it. Because it is the seed of God and his eyes on the seed. Mary was supposed to be protected by Joseph, who was supposed to protect the seed, Jesus, that was inside of her. And after Joseph and Mary, then the apostles were supposed to protect the seed of God. Are you hearing me? The twelve disciples of Jesus that walked with him in the earth were supposed to protect the seed when he came into the world. Next, oh yeah. Next, the religious leaders of Jesus' day were also supposed to protect the seed. They were supposed to protect Jesus. The Sanhedrin 
was supposed to protect the seed. They were supposed to protect Jesus when he came. Are you hearing me right now? I don't know if you're getting this or not. But instead of protecting the seed because they did not know who he was. Because they had wrong perception, they did not know him, then they did not protect him, but they crucified him on a cross. If you don't know who he is, are you with me right now? Then you won't understand the importance of how valuable he is. So those who should have been the protectors of Jesus were not the protectors of Jesus. And those that were supposed to have been the ones that were supposed to be the educators of the kingdom to teach people the truth about Jesus did not educate the people and tell them the truth. And because of that, he was missed. And not only that, but those who were supposed to finance the kingdom did not finance the kingdom like they were supposed to because they did not understand that Jesus was the seed of God. And those that God gave a melody to who were supposed to sing about him when he came did not sing about him when he came. Because they did not receive the word, the seed. They didn't hide the seed and protect it. It wasn't valuable to them. So they didn't educate the people about him. They didn't finance his kingdom. And they didn't sing about him because he was not valuable. And there's a lot of people today who don't find anything valuable about praising him. Why praise him? Why worship him? Why finance his kingdom? Why sing his song? Because they've made a mistake. They've made an error. They don't understand how important the seed is. That you're supposed to receive the seed, hide the seed, protect the seed. You're supposed to preach truth concerning the seed. You're supposed to finance his kingdom. And you're also supposed to sing the melody that he gave to you that you might sing about the seed. But we can end up just like the Sanhedrin, the religious leaders of Jesus' day. And we've got the seed in us and we don't even value it. So we don't sing to him. We don't finance his kingdom. We don't preach about him because he's not valuable to us. But I'm telling you that God's eye is on the seed in this earth. It's extremely valuable to Jesus, to God. So number one, the Lord Jesus is extremely valuable. Number two, you are valuable. Number three, the word of God is valuable. And God's got his eyes on that. Hallelujah. The purpose of the enemy is to minimize Jesus to you. To minimize the seed to you. To minimize the miracle to you. So you won't worship him. You won't sing to him. So you'll make a mistake. You'll make an error. Because you didn't even realize who he was when he came.
just like the Jewish people did when he came. They didn't even understand who he was. And because of that, they made a very, very deadly error. Praise God. <coughs> Give God some praise. <coughs> now we go to Mark. Let's go to Mark and let's look at this. Hallelujah. Mark 4, 26. He said, so is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day and the seed should spring, grow up, and he knoweth not how. Talk about growth here, right? For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth in the sickle, because the harvest is come. What you need to understand is that God, when you got eternal life, when he came inside of you, he placed his seed inside of you, his nature inside of you, that you might reproduce him in this earth, that you might grow up in him. Are you with me here at this point? Inside of you is the seed, the nature of God, which means his investment. And so because he's made an investment in you, his eye is on you right now. And he wants that seed that's in you to mature and grow from the corn that falls on the ground to the ear. How does it, how does it, how's it worded? Look at it. First, all right, it says this. Yes. For the earth bring forth the fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. Three levels of maturity, right? What we have to do is we have to protect that seed that's in us. Because if we don't protect the seed that's in us, then it's never going to mature in those stages. God's put an investment in all of us, and He wants us to grow into ultimate maturity in Him. Now, because he's made an investment inside of us, he's looking for a return. And the return he's looking for, the Bible said, is the harvest. Yeah, are you hearing me tonight? He's looking for a harvest. He's looking for a return on his investment. But you can commit a deadly error by not receiving, hiding, and protecting the seed of God that's inside of you. And there's constant pressure on you by the spirits of this age that that seed and that purpose be aborted in your life. Hallelujah, somebody. We need to value the seed that's in us, the new nature that's in us. Jesus and his word and who we are as a people in this earth. We need to know what our purpose is, why we're here. What is our reason for existence? It is not just about me. It's about Jesus in me and Jesus in you. He's the seed that you've got to receive and hide and protect. So that he can be manifest 
But then the, the John writes about it. He says, the problem is a lot of people don't realize that Jesus is the Father. And if you deny the Son, then you're denying the Father. The reason why they didn't value the seed when he came the first time is because they did not understand. They did not know who he was. He is God come in the flesh. And so that's why he reiterates. He tells us, if you deny the Son, then you're denying the Father. You can't separate them. He is God come in the flesh. Now, you can deny the Son occasionally and still be a believer. Peter denied Jesus, but Peter was a believer. Now, I'm not telling you that you want to deny him occasionally. And I'm not giving you license to deny him occasionally. What I'm saying is you can deny him occasionally and still be a believer. But you cannot deny him continuously. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And claim to be a believer. It's impossible for you to be a believer and, and deny Jesus Christ. You can die, deny him occasionally, but as a believer, you cannot deny him continuously or permanently. If you deny him continuously and permanently, you are not a believer. Because he that sins is of the devil. So you can't be walking through life, living a lifestyle of habitual sin and continual denying of Jesus Christ and claim to be a Christian. You're just not, the Bible says. It is impossible. We live in a world today that anybody that says I'm a Christian, everybody says they're a Christian. That is foolishness. You have to be born from above. You have to be born of God. God has to place his nature, his life in you, his seed in you. He has to put himself as an investment inside of you so that he can be reproduced. And so the enemy can be defeated. If you're running with the enemy, you can't be running with Jesus. Because Jesus came to defeat the enemy. <coughs> So I've got to be careful that I'm protecting what God has put inside of me. When I first started one with God, it was just a seed. Now maybe it's a blade. Hopefully at some point it becomes a, the full corn in the air. So that I mature in the Lord. Hallelujah. And I don't commit some error that will cause that seed to be aborted. Are you hearing what I'm trying to say? Protect what God has invested in you at all costs. Protect the Word of God that He's put inside of you. Protect the relationship that you've got with Jesus at all costs. Sing about Him. Educate people about Him. Witness about Him. Don't deny Him. Confess Him. And if you confess Him before men, He will confess you before the Father. But if you deny Him before men, He will deny you before the Father. What I'm trying to tell you is we just can't take this thing lightly. We're in a place now in the kingdom 
We can't even take going to church lightly. We can't on a Wednesday at work say, well, tonight's church. You know, like it's no big deal. We've got to get to a place in our lives where we value the church. We value each other. We value the Word of God. We value our relationship with God and the Spirit that's inside of us. And anything that would try to try to break that up, we've got to have something inside of us that says, no, I have been raised up by God to protect His seed. Give God some praise. Until it matures. Now here's the problem a lot of times. When we first start walking with God, we got the life of God inside of us. And we go through an occasional denial of Him. Which means He told us to tell somebody about Him and we got embarrassed. That's denying Him. I'm not preaching to nobody specific. I'm talking to myself. Or we didn't cultivate uh, cultivate a relationship with him the last couple of days. Because we didn't value it. We didn't value prayer. We didn't value singing. We haven't read his word since Sunday. Because we don't value his word. We're not protecting it. We're not hiding it inside of us. So that nothing, come on somebody, can destroy the investment that God has made inside. If you make a million dollar investment, I guarantee you your eye is going to be on that investment. You're going to check it day and night because you're concerned about the value of the investment that you made. And the reason why God's eye is on the sea is because it cost him everything. To put himself inside of us. And that's why, that's why Sunday night, you can have a powerful move and manifestation of God's presence. And then Wednesday comes along. And it's only been two or three days. And we've already lost sight of the importance of praising Him and singing to Him. We've already lost sight of how important this sacred desk is. How important this sacred word is. We've already lost sight of it because the world is clamoring for our thoughts. It's clamoring for our loyalties. It's clamoring for our hearts. So when we come to church, we have a hard time praising Him. We have a hard time praying. We have a hard time hearing the Word of God. Because we're not protecting the experience that we have. God is awesome. Today God was still talking to me about Sunday night's message. He was still giving me revelation about the messengers that went to Saul, went to uh, there to Samuel in the place of the huts there and the prophets were prophesying and those men that tried to capture David the messengers three of them three times they went and they fell under the power of the spirit that was there and then Saul came in and he fell under the power thereof <coughs> 
My point is this, and I'm not going to preach that to you, but I got some awesome revelation about that. Amen. But what I'm trying to tell you is this, uh, that we probably, for the most part, have forgotten the move of God Sunday night. We forgot the word that we've heard. We forgot the power of God that we experienced because we don't understand that we're supposed to protect what God has invested in us. Shut <laughs> up. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And not only that, but we are afraid to operate in that Holy Ghost unction. We have an unction from the Holy One. God is inside of us. You are the sons of God tonight. <coughs> and we're afraid to operate in the Spirit because we're afraid of messing up. And what's awesome about this message is Sunday night after service, I was talking to some people just about this very thing, not really knowing the direction I was going to go tonight. But I'm here to tell you right now, just because you've got the seed of something in you doesn't mean it's perfected yet. It doesn't mean it's mature yet. So when you start feeling God moving by the Spirit, the unction, to use you in the gifts of the Spirit, you withdraw and pull back because you're afraid that you're going to make a mistake. You're afraid that you're going to commit an error. But what you fail to understand is the seed is perfect. The nature is perfect. But it has to become, watch, it has to become the blade. It has to become the ear and then the full corn in the ear. There's a time of maturity. Even in the prophetic, if you are a prophet, you're not born a prophet. You've got the seed of a prophet in you, but that seed has to come, become a blade. Then the, come on somebody, then the ear, and then the full corn in the ear. And what keeps you from operating in the gifts of the Spirit is because you're afraid you're going to fail. I got news for you. You will fail. You will make mistakes because you don't understand that you are protecting something that God has invested in you and He wants to use it in and through you, but you haven't arrived yet to ultimate perfection. So that every prophecy is 100% pure in every way, every word. Oh, some of y'all are messed up on that. You're messed up on that. The Word of God is true. If it's not the Word of God, then guess what? God gave you the ability by what? Perception by His Spirit to know if this is God or that's of God. That's why he said, try the spirits to see whether or not they are of God. In fact, he said, when men or, or whatever prophesy in the church, what is it to be done? Judged. If it was perfected the moment it was implanted as a seed, then why does it need to be judged? Because the flesh, the 
person isn't in the place where they're operating in that high level of perfection yet. But the seed of prophecy is still in them. The seed, come on somebody, the seed, the gift of God, the investment of God is in them. You have to mature. You have to grow. And with time, you'll make fewer mistakes. Why? Because you're maturing. Why? Because you have a relationship with Him. Give God praise. <coughs> In the early 1940s, there was a movement they called the Latter Rain Movement. Because things, the gifts of the Spirit started getting out of hand. They started teaching that you could lay hands on people and impart spiritual gifts. You cannot impart spiritual gifts. Because I just read it to you in 1 John. It's received of Him. He's the one that gives you His Spirit. He's the one that gives you, that operates in the gift. I can't as a human give you the Holy Ghost I can't as a human give you the gift of prophecy or tongues or interpretation of tongues it's something that's received of him but in the early 1940s because the outpouring of the Spirit was so new to those people they started operating in the gifts of the Spirit but there was error in the operation of the gifts because they were not mature Come on, somebody. <laughs> so instead of trying to correct the problem, they backed off of it all together and said, I don't want to have nothing to do with prophecy, nothing to do, come on, nothing to do with the gift of tongues interpretation or diverse tongues interpretation of tongues, miracles, signs, wonders, those things. We don't want anything to do with that. They didn't understand that when you get the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God is going to produce the gifts in you. But there's a level of maturity from the, the corn that falls to the ground to the blade and then the ear. Come on. The ear in the blade, then the full corn in the ear. There's a level of maturity. And that's what God is trying to do is get you to a place of maturity. He's trying to get me to a place where I grow up. <clears throat> the problem is, yeah. We want to back off. Mm. Yeah, are you hearing me right now? No, I don't want to back off. I told Sabila Sunday night, I said, I'm going to give myself to God. I might fall flat on my face, but I made up my mind to give myself to God. Now, here's what's important. If I fall on my face and I make a mistake, then I have to be willing to say I made a mistake. But that doesn't make me a false prophet any more than when David fell. He was a false king or a false prophet. He was still a true king, still anointed by God, and still a prophet by God. We just don't understand that the gift's perfect, but the person has to grow in maturity or the seed now, how does that happen? The seed is watered by the Word. All right? So I got the seed in me. I'm hiding it in me, and I'm protecting it, man. 
It's very valuable to me. This anointing's valuable to me. It's not for sale. You've got to cherish it. You've got to value the word, the church. Are you with me? The Spirit of God. It's very valuable. You've got to protect it at all times. Do you understand? Give God a hand clap, please. Because life, eternal life, is found in the seed, in the nature of God. So if I make a mistake, i got to get my mistake to the seed of God that's in me. i got to present it to Him and let Him resurrect it with true life and true power. You're not hearing me, are you? Look in the early, look in the early days of Jesus. The Jewish people committed a deadly error, a deadly mistake. They took the seed of God, instead of protecting the seed of God, they killed the seed of God. They took the seed of God down off the cross. Why'd they do that? Why'd Nicodemus look at Joseph and Mary and say, hey, let's go get him, let's go get the body off the cross. Why? Because we've committed a deadly error. We've made a terrible mistake. We crucified the seed of God. But the seed of God is in the body. And if we can just go get the body off the cross. And take the body which the seed was in and put it in a tomb. Then what's going to happen is he's going to keep bring it out in resurrection power. So what I'm trying to tell you, there can be life in the midst of deadly error. When you make a deadly error or a deadly mistake, go get the body because the body, the seed's in the body. And get the body to the place of your mistake. And in the place of your mistake will come life and power. That's the way God operates. When I haven't protected the seed, the investment of God like I'm supposed to, and I make a mistake and an error, what I got to do is realize where the body is. I got to find the body. If I can just find the body, the seed's in the body, and I can take, come on, I can take the body, the seed, to the place of my mistake, and their power will come from that, because that's the way that God operates. So Jesus, now Joseph means to be added to. When they crucified Jesus on the cross, they subtracted him from the earth. They did not see that he was even valuable to continue to live anymore. They said, this man is not worthy to live anymore. Do you understand? They did not value his life. They made a mistake. But Joseph, whose name means added to, oh yeah, Jesus was subtracted from him. But now Joseph said, let's go get the body that the seed is in. And if we can place it in the heart of the earth, then it will come up the blade. Then come on, then the ear, and then the full corn in the ear. And so resurrection, life, and power can come out of a place of mistake. Because the reason why they made a mistake was because they were not operating in maturity. 
Give God some praise. And so Joseph said, he's been subtracted out of my life by an error, by a mistake. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to go get the body that the seed is in. And I'm going to plant him in the earth. And he's going to come back up. And my name needs to be added to. So he's going to be added back to me. Thanks be to God. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how terrible the mistake. <coughs> if you could just understand that you are the carrier of the body. Joseph Nicodemus said, I'm the carrier of the body. They carried the body to a grave because the seed was in the body. If you could just understand that you are a carrier of the seed. And at times you'll make mistakes. And at times you'll make an error here and there. But there's life and there's power in a deadly air. <coughs> and what was subtracted from me, God can take and add it back to me in power and resurrection if there was no life after an error none of us could carry him anywhere none of us could carry Jesus into this lost and dying world and present him to a fallen world But we are carriers of the seed and protectors of the seed. So we are literally carrying the body of Jesus into all kinds of death and mistakes and errors and destruction. And when we get his body there, his life is there, and he's going to come out of that place of mistake and error and resurrect it with power and use you like you've never been used before because what was subtracted to you, God is able to add it back to you. I'm trying to tell you, there is life in a deadly error. I don't care how deadly, I don't care what the error was. God can use that and turn it into a ministry. <laughs> I got people in this church Jesus has people in this church that have made deadly errors in their life horrible terrible mistakes but now those same people are carrying the body of Jesus which has the seed of God in it into those places of death and error and mistake. <coughs> and in the place of that, the shaking of kingdoms, the devil being defeated, the serpent being put under the feet of the seed of the woman. And so some of you, the enemy came to try to destroy you over that mistake you made, that sin you committed, that error you committed. But I'm here to tell you right now <coughs> that if you'll just take God at his word, that area of subtraction in your life can become an area of addition so that now people can come in to the kingdom of God. The blade. 
the ear, the full corn in the ear because there's life. And if you operate in that dimension of the Spirit of God and you understand that His Word lives in you, His life is in you, come on, His nature's in you, that no matter what the situation is, you can carry Him because you are the carriers of the seed. You can carry Him right into that. And he can turn it around just like that. So that in the place of a people who did not think he even deserved to live any longer, did not value him, in the place of a people who did not sing the song that he gave them, or finance the kingdom that he wanted to finance. Those people he now takes and says, I am going to resurrect you in power and life. You are the seed of the serpent. You were of your father, the devil. But I have the ability, says God, just as I added my nature to humanity, I have the ability to add my nature alongside of the fallen nature of Satan and cause him to be defeated right inside of you and in your life. You just need to understand what the battle's over. The battle's over the seed that God has put in every one of us. How many of y'all are growing a little bit in God? You're growing in God. If you'll take this message tonight, take this seed, this word, into a life that is messed up. God's grace, where sin did abound, grace did that much more abound. God's grace can enter into that messed up life and turn it around for His glory. <laughs> he can take a Peter who denied Him occasionally and use him to stand up and preach on the day of Pentecost. A time when the harvest has matured from a position of failure to a position of power and resurrection life. But you've got to believe this word tonight. Because if you don't, you will go through the rest of your life defeated by your past, defeated by your mistake, defeated by your error. And every once in a while, this unction comes on you and you say, I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy of it because I've done so much to tear it all up. But God's seed remains inside of you.
There's times when I know I am not worthy of an unction. I am not worthy of an anointing. I'm not worthy to stand behind a pulpit and preach the Word of God to anybody. But the unction comes anyway. Why? Because He's perfect. And because of redemption by the blood. And because the blood covers, or not just covers, but takes away my sin. His seed remains in me, and I cannot sin. I can't keep going the wrong direction. Because if I do, my life will become more and more miserable. Until I finally say yes to his nature, yes to his will, yes to his word. God, throughout the Bible, has given us scripture. I, I, I challenge you to go home and get your concordance out and look, out, look up every place the word seed is used in the Bible. It will blow your mind what God wants to do with his seed in the earth. But because we have misunderstood perfection and birthing of a seed, we have stepped back when we made a mistake because we think that it must be false. But you take the word of God out of context because you don't know the difference between an occasional denial, a continual denial, and a permanent denial. And God makes a distinction whether you make it or not. And if you can believe it, you can take the seed into that place and watch it come forth. Look, and Moses killed a man. God still used him as a redeemer. Look at David, fell miserably, but he's still anointed to be the king of Israel. Look at, look at them, all of them, every one of them in the Bible, every prophet in the Bible. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. Every one of those great men of the Bible had a sin nature in them that disqualified them for usefulness. Every one of them. And I close by showing you how I know. Because Jesus, in the book of Revelation, whenever the Bible said this same John was looking throughout the heavens, for somebody who is worthy to open up the scroll and to loose the seven seals thereof. They searched in the earth, they searched in the heavens, and there was no man worthy to open the scroll or to loose the seven seals thereof. Not one man, which means Isaiah wasn't good enough, 
Jeremiah wasn't good enough. David wasn't good enough. Hezekiah wasn't good enough. Daniel wasn't good enough. Hosea wasn't good enough. None of the prophets were good enough. Abraham wasn't good enough. Moses wasn't good enough. Come on, somebody. Adam wasn't good enough. Eve wasn't. Nobody. Nobody qualified to be the one that could redeem mankind and open this boat. And so John started weeping, crying, because no one was found until somebody went to John and said, Weep not, John. Behold, the line of the tribe of Judah hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seals thereof. Jesus is worthy. And it's the Lamb who defeats and destroys error, sin, mistake, and the devil and redeemed us to God <coughs> by His blood out of every kindred, tongue, nation, and people. I don't know about you, but I treasure what I have. I treasure, I value this seed. I've received it, I'm hiding it, and I'm protecting it. That is my responsibility. It's your responsibility to receive, hide, and protect the seed. Mary, protect the seed. Joseph, protect the seed. Sanhedrin, protect the seed. Religious elders, protect the seed. Some did and some didn't. That's your responsibility. And in protecting it, carrying it, the body, to every place that needs redemption and every place that needs power. That's my responsibility. Sing to the seed. Sing to the seed in you. Woo! 144,000 of a revelation standing on Mount Zion with their harps in their hand singing to the seed on the throne. Sing to him. Take your harp in hand. Value him. Don't take this lightly. I hear God talking to me now. Don't take this lightly. Don't take any church service lightly. <clears throat> Don't take a time of prayer lightly. Don't take any word lightly. Don't take praise lightly. He gave you humility so you can sing. He gave you finance so you can finance the kingdom. He gave you the truth so you can educate people of the truth. He put his investment in you. And his eye is on his investment. And I got one last question before I let you go home. 
if some of you invested a million dollars tonight, I go back to that illustration. And that's pretty much all you had. Well, million dollars, none of us have a million dollars, so let me back off of that. <laughs> For that brother's ten dollars. You invest, you take everything you got, and you invest it in something. I guarantee you, you're going to know, how is it doing? How is it doing? And Jesus, in the book of Revelation, comes and walks through the seven churches. And he says, how is my investment? What was able to come in there and take my investment. False doctrine, spirits, Laodicea. What was it that came in and robbed my investment? The Bible says he's literally standing in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. He's standing in the midst of this church right now. The Son of God with power. The seed of the woman is standing in this house tonight. And he's looking at his investment. His eyes on you. The other night, I tell you, 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 my spirit, I saw in my spirit the Lord walking in this church, man. Walking down these aisles. What was he doing? He was looking at his body. Because the seed is in his body. And if you don't think he's here tonight, some of you might have had a bad day, a rough day. Your emotions all messed up. Your mind's all messed up. You might, All kinds of problems might have happened to you today. But I'm here to tell you, value the presence of Jesus because he stands in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. And he's got the seven stars in his hands and those seven stars are the seven angels of the seven churches and they're placed there by God to make sure that the seed is protected that his investment matures and becomes what it's supposed to that's my purpose now you know your purpose. I want you to right now close your eyes. And I'm not going to tell you to picture Jesus. I'm going to tell you let the Spirit of God, Jesus, the seed of God who's in you, reveal him to you right now. He is literally standing in the midst of this assembly. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He got a lot of seed. I remember Cosa. I love you, Lord.
this Jesus that stands in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks is God. He is deity. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Do you know who he is tonight? Keep yourself from idols. Keep yourself from sin. My little children, I write unto you that you sin not. But if any man sin, we have an advocate to the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. I thank you tonight, Lord, for your cleansing power. You wash me with your blood from head to toe. Every evil thought, every evil word, and every evil action. I thank you tonight, Lord, for the bread, the manna, the seed, the coriander seed, the Word of God that has come and fed us tonight in the wilderness of this life. We leave this place tonight, Lord, covered in your oil, the nature of Jesus. Renewed in our spirit. Renewed in our minds. Cleansed by the word of God once again. We thank you tonight that the enemy is once again under our feet. <laughs> Where he has always been. But we put him there, Lord. By faith. We are your seed. The angels of God walk with us. You appear to us and through us. I'm glad I'm a part of your church tonight, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus. On the head of your Yeshua tonight. is the seven locks of Samson. The seven angels of the seven churches are on the head of Messiah. It's where his mind is, his eye is. On his investment, his church. He's looking at the seven errors, errors of the church. He's looking at the seven stages of the seven spirits of God. Stand before the throne of God Almighty. I thank you tonight, Jesus, that by the power of that unction, the false system that is around the seat of God will be brought down. Jesus can be seen as King of Kings and Lord of Lords reproduced in his people. And everybody said in Jesus' name. Now would you just lift your hands and give him praise right now.
Praise God. Praise God. Jesus, I value my prayer life more today, Lord. I value the Word of God more today, Lord. I value your church more today, Lord. I value the salvation more today, Lord. I value my ability to sing praises to your name. I value my ability, God, to give into your kingdom. I value tonight. My walk with you. Jesus, I want to. Be a wise steward. Into whom the king of kings has made an investment for eternity. That you may say, enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Thou good and faithful servant. Oh, yeah, come on. Lift your hands and enter right now. That's not just something that's going to happen in the future. Right now, enter into the joy of thy Lord, thou good and faithful servant. Get your joy back. Get your victory back. You are anointed tonight. You're anointed. You're anointed. You have an unction from the Holy One. God. Oh, shut. Glory to Jesus. Oh, Shia Baba Glory to Jesus. Oh, God, I got to protect the investment of the Almighty. Do you come into His presence nonchalantly? Do you come in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords nonchalantly? You are in the presence of God Himself. Oh God. Ha. 
Ask me and I'll give you the nations for that inheritance. Jesus. 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 Jesus, the work that you have begun in him, you will complete it under the day of Jesus Christ. Father God, for he greatly values the seed, the investment of God that has been placed in him. He values the word. He values the church. He values the anointing. He values his walk. He values his relationship. Lord Jesus, I praise you. I give you glory tonight, God, for this man. God opened doors for him to win souls. Use him to win his family. Use him, God, to carry you, Jesus, that he would be a carrier of the body into the presence of people, Lord God, all over this city. I bless you, Lord God. I get the cookie. Mary Jesus. Mary Jesus. Mary Jesus. Thank you for being patient, Lord. Thank you for your patience, Lord. You have long patience, God. The harvest of the earth. Long patience. Thank you for being patient with me. Patient, patient. In the name of Jesus. Tanya Tokori Sharikundaroshiorokure Badasi. My Lord God. I love you, Jesus. Love you, Jesus. I worship. Worship your name. Worship your name. Oh, praise God. How many of you received the seed tonight? The word. How many of y'all received the word? You received the word of God tonight. Put your arms over your chest right now and say, in Jesus' name, I hide the seed. I protect the seed. I'm a carrier of the seed into death. And life will come forth. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, to his glory, his honor, his praise. For it's all about you, Lord Jesus, tonight. It's not about me individually. We have received it of you, Lord. 
<laughs> Aren't you glad you received it from him? <clears throat> if he implanted me with his sperm, his seed, there is no man that can take it. Because no man gave it to me. God gave it to me. Praise God. How many of you value the word tonight? God. I want everybody that's up here in the front, I want you to, about midway in the church, I want you to turn and face the back, and I want everybody that's in the back to continue to face this way. I want you to face each other, and I want you to lift your hands right now, and I want you to create a canopy in this place, a pavilion of glory, hallelujah, of glory. His eye is on the sparrow. His eye is upon you. Lord, it's your good pleasure to give us the kingdom. It's your good pleasure to give us the kingdom. <clears throat> Hallelujah. How many of you feel the unction of the Holy Ghost? You feel the unction of the Spirit of the living God. You have an unction. Yes, yes, Lord. Church, uh, agree with me in prayer right now, right? Lord Jesus, right now. That cloud, Lord, of darkness and fear and despair. Foreboding fear that evil would befall us. Something would happen to somebody here right now in this house. We ask you, Father, in the name of Jesus, to remove the cloud, 
to remove the fear, to remove the despair. Take it out of the way, Lord. We thank you right now, Lord. We believe that you're reversing, God. You're reversing it, God. For your sake, Lord, you're reversing it. In the name of Jesus. <coughs> ah, yeah, Lord. Woo! Lord, you're not ignorant of the enemy's devices, Lord. You're not in, ignorant of his plans, his methods to destroy us, God. Your name, your name. Victory in Jesus. Lift up your hands, chap. Victory in Jesus. My Savior. Oh, Lord, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. <laughs> the enemy touches us not, Lord. The enemy touches us not, Lord. Touches us not, Lord. He touches us not, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Because your seed abides in us. The enemy touches us not, Lord. The blood of Jesus is over this house right now. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. In Jesus' name. Y'all pray for him. Brother Daniel? Brother Daniel, you men go pray for him. Pray for him. Pray for Reuben. Pray for Reuben. In the name of Jesus. Set that ever Korea. You time. Hallelujah. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Praise God, 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 praise God. 
Oh, I praise you, Lord. The powers of darkness gone are being pushed back by praise, by worship. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Glory to Jesus. Lord, in your name, I bless your name, Lord. I bless your name. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh God. Lord Jesus, tonight I don't need somebody in my family getting cancer. Before I'll get real with you, Jesus. I don't I rebuke the spirit of cancer. Lord Jesus, I don't need calamity nor chaos to hit my life in order for me to, to be real, God, in your kingdom. I don't need it. I don't want it, Jesus. God, amen. Hallelujah. Oh, God, amen. I rebuke, I rebuke the spirit of death. Glory, Jesus. Glory, Jesus. Thank you, God. Tell me just for a moment. The Lord wants me to share this with you, what he talked to me about earlier today. Whenever the messengers of Saul went to capture David to take him that he might kill him. They went back after coming under the power of the Spirit. They went back to Saul three different occasions. And when Saul went to David, he fell under the same prophetic anointing as he was on the way. And what the Lord showed me was there's a transition at that time in the kingdom. Because David is going to replace Saul. And so that the old kingdom was coming under the authority of David who was sitting in that house. David had not yet been manifest as the king yet. He was anointed to be king. But there was a transition, a time of change. The changing of the guard was taking place. Anytime in the earth you have the spirit of Saul fighting the spirit of David, there is a changing of the guard that is taking place so that the old order is now coming underneath the submission of a new order and operation of God. And so we can look for God to bring in some, some new operation in the kingdom that is going to replace the old order of things and the old order of things are going to have to have to bow down and submit to the kingship of David. I don't know altogether what that means. But that's what the Lord told me about that today. He said there is now a changing in the guard. 
And that's why there's the fighting between the spirit of Saul and the spirit of David in this hour. And accompanying that is a very heavy prophetic anointing that's going to hit this world, man. And it's not going to stay in these four walls. It is so big. It is such a change of the, from the old order to the new order move of God. It is so powerful that it's going to sweep denominational lines. It's going to sweep through geographical lines. It's going to change the world. Because you and I don't have a corner on God. Saul and his messengers didn't have a corner on God when God got ready to bring in a new order. And I'm telling you right now, we're living into something very, very, very powerful right now. So don't be discouraged. You feel Saul rising up to try to take over that spirit of David that's in you. Because God's doing something very powerful in the earth right now. He's trying to get us out of old order thinking. Just before the true king is physically manifested to the world. He's already anointed. He's already anointed king. The Bible says anoint the head. You know who anoints the head? You do. When you come in here and you praise and you worship him, you anoint the head. Following that is going to be the visible manifestation of God in the earth. Before David was visibly manifest, there was an anointing that fell on him for that reign. And so I'm telling you right now, I don't, I don't ultimately know what all this means. I'm telling you, God is, he is awesome. So I want to be open to whatever God says, whatever he wants to do, and however he wants to do it. I'm not going to live in, I'm not going to stay in an old order way of things, man. If God wants to completely change everything we're doing here, let him do it. I'll tell you, if he wants to change the days we meet, let him do it. it don't, whatever he wants to do, do it, God. The old Lord's going to bow down to that, that new anointed. There's a changing of the guard, man. You try to put God in your little box. God said, I'll break out every time and make it bow down to me. I'll break out of it and make it bow down to me. Every, every preconceived idea you have of me, I'll, I'll break out of that and go beyond that. You, we have tried to seclude him and imprison him. He said, I'll break out of it. He said, I will not stay in your chains. I'll not stay in your prison house. I'll come out of there right now. And you can fight it and you can resist it. But my power of make it bow down. I sense there's something very different going on in the church right now. There is a divine discontentment in some of you because you want to walk in the old order way. And God said, I've got something brand new I'm trying to do in your life. I've got something brand new I'm trying to do in your life. And you're trying to hold me in prison. Oh, I'm excited, brother. I'm excited about what God is doing. Aren't you?
You know, now that I think about it, he's been talking to us about the new thing for months. Get ready for the new thing. Remove the old, get ready for something new. Oh, yeah. I don't, I'm telling you again, I'm going to repeat, I don't need cancer to come in my life or my family's life to get me in that new place of God. <clears throat> I don't want it, God. I, right now, Lord, just come in here, break in here, just take over, God. <laughs> I don't, want, I don't need God. You don't have to get my attention that way, God. No way. You got my attention right now, Lord. I know where His attention is. Amen. Some of you come up to me and say, you know what, Pastor? I got a new tongue. God's given me a new tongue. There's something different in my prayer when I'm praying in tongues, speaking in tongues. People are saying, telling me, I got, there's a new tongue. I'm moving in a new dimension I've never moved in before. Talking like I've never talked before. Thought like I've never thought before. Dreaming like I've never dreamed before. Vision like I've never visioned before. Seeing myself doing things that nobody would believe if I told them. <laughs> Man, I feel the Holy Ghost all up and down my back, man. I, I just, I just tell you right now, be careful about who you tell that to, because they're gonna think you're completely crazy. You tell them what you've seen yourself doing. <laughs> oh man! Now, do it. Pastor, I see myself standing up in the middle of the mall preaching the gospel. <clears throat> Pastor, I see myself after church going into Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> and finding somebody in Piggly Wiggly and praying for him. Witness to him right there, taking him off the side. Pastor, I see myself running down the aisles of Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> Holy boldness. Holy boldness. Like Sister Bibi and some of these sisters up there preaching out there in the middle, out in the open sky, man. Challenging the gates of hell and the kingdom of darkness. Shaking the powers of darkness, man. They had to see themselves doing it before they did it. I called Sister Celia up after Sister Bibi, and we prayed for Sister Bibi and Sister Lori to be anointed to go out there. I called Sister Celia because God told me to. Talk to her about being involved with that. I didn't know nothing about her past, but God told me that she needs to be involved with it. And I called her up, and guess what? She started talking to me about some things that happened in the past, and I don't know it, but God does. And he wants to use that deadly error and turn it around for a powerful victory in the kingdom. See, he knows where he wants to position his troops. But you've got to see yourself doing something that's insane. 
see the Lord wants to break out of your confinement. You hear that? <laughs> wow. You know what? We ever get Reuben where God wants him. He, he's going to shake Odessa up. I, I'm not just mouthing off. The enemy fears his destiny. The enemy fears his destiny. Can I, can I tell you why? Can I tell you why the enemy's not afraid of some of you? Because you've already given up on your destiny. Because of your past. You got to get out of that, Satan. What are you talking about? I'm coming out, man. I'm coming out. What time is it? It's only 9.20. Back there recording Brother Mahaney's message to the church on, from video to DVD. And he said this. He said that if this church is a sacrificial church, he said God told him that if we would receive the word of sacrifice, which you did, that when he came back, he would, that God would shake Odessa, Texas. And he was saying that under the unction of the Spirit at the very end of the service. He said that God would shake Odessa, Texas. I just want to remind you of that. Hey! How many of y'all believe that tonight? Hey! See, if all, if all you can see yourself is, is coming in here always defeated, with your head hanging down all the time. You know? That's, that's where you'll stay. But if you, can, if you can get a vision of the seed that's in you and see what God's purpose is, you'll come in here totally different next time I see you. Those who don't run will run. Those who don't shout will shout. And when they do, the rest of us, we're just going to, we're going to call the doctors and the ambulances and have the ambulances come get us and take us to the hospital because we're all going to have a heart attack. Man. I mean, we're just not going to believe what we're seeing. <laughs> Was that so-and-so? Woo! <laughs> seeing double vision now, man. <laughs> Praise God. Feels a lot better now than it did when we first started, I guarantee you. At least it does for me. I'm talking about right the service. Okay, well, praise the Lord. Just walk out the doors and I pray you don't leave the same way you came. Or just leave, us, leave Jesus here in the church and the Word here in the church and everything you've heard, just leave it here in the church. Just go back to your miserable old coop. No, carry what you got here and carry it into the place you're going. Carry the body of, of Jesus. Carry the seed into your homes, into your jobs. Everywhere you go, man, carry Jesus in there. Hey. Brother Jonathan, you know what? I was thinking about you today. 
Have mercy on the enemy. When you cut loose and you go out there in the highways and the byways, you start witnessing like the call that God has on your life. You're going to you're going to bring people into this church, not just one or two. The seed that's in you, you have the ability to fill this whole house by yourself. He can fill, he can fill this whole house by himself. That's right. That's right. I'm telling you the truth. Brother Jonathan brings his, his group, you know, and everybody, get on the wall. Brother Jonathan brought his, his group, and we don't have no place to sit. Now, now look, I'm not joking. I'm serious. There's something that's hindering you from being fruitful, and I'm going to pray against that in the name of Jesus. I don't know what it is, man, because God has spoke to me. He wants to use you powerfully and bring it in a harvest. Lord Jesus, right now, I just thank you right now, God, for setting this man loose. Wherever he goes, Lord, like the 144,000 who follow the Lamb, whithersoever he goeth, dear God, whatever is hindering his fruitfulness and his reproduction, God, of souls, that it be removed and cast and taken out of the way in the name of Jesus. Okay, let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we just thank you right now. God, amen. We've anointed you, Lord, tonight. We've anointed the head. Oh, God. Oh, yes, Lord. Reveal, Father, to each one of your people the investment that you've made into them and the return that will come from it. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Now pray with me this. Say, Jesus, reveal to me what you've put inside of me that there may be a return of the same thing that you put in there. Water the seed with the Word. Break the ground up with experience that there might be a harvest in my life. And everybody said in Jesus' name, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Go to somebody, tell them you love them in Jesus' name, and you're dismissed tonight.